family, it's your sister Jocelyn here, and welcome to another episode of Faith on the Journey. If this is your first time tuning in, we welcome you. We're so glad that you're here and want you to know that we're a team that's committed to helping you strengthen your faith, heal your heart, and discover a sense of community to know that you're not alone in those difficult moments in your life. And we do so by having a team of Christian counselors who specialize in Bible-based trauma-informed care and grief counseling to help you navigate those moments where you might not know what to do or feeling alone or overwhelmed by your pain. We also offer trauma healing groups throughout the year, which are essentially Bible studies that help you on your healing journey from trauma. You can learn about these resources and so much more by visiting faithonthejourney.org. Again, that is faithonthejourney.org. But today for our episode, I'm glad to welcome a sister in Christ who's doing amazing things for women. Uh, She lives in Nebraska. She's a single mom of two, entrepreneur, founder of Worthy Love and Her Ministries. And so I'm excited to welcome Mackenzie Ryan to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. There's so much that we can dive into today because you have an awesome testimony and some great things that you're doing through ministry. But I think for us to start off our conversation, I would love for you just to share a little bit about your story in terms of some of the challenges that you had early on in childhood or as a young adult that kind of caused you to wrestle with some emotional wounds that you had to work towards healing from. Yeah, for sure. So I feel like one of the first, when I think back through my life, like one of the first challenges I faced at a younger age was probably um, I was bullied in elementary school um, from second grade to fourth grade. And then it was actually, so I went to a Catholic school in elementary school and then I transferred from fourth grade to fifth grade in a public school because it got pretty, got pretty bad. And then um, that was actually looking back, it was all I always say God kind of like the devil's a lion on a leash. Sometimes God lets the lion in our life a little bit. And it's, it totally was happened for a reason because now my love for women, I feel like stems from that. Um, I know that hurting people hurt people. And so that was kind of like my first, when I look back at my life, that was kind of the first challenge that morphed me into the woman that I am today. And then just the last, I mean, obviously through the pandemic, I feel like everyone had their own trials in their own version of hard. Um, for me, I went through a divorce 18, almost 18 months ago, um, which faced challenges obviously as being a new single mom and raising two kids and navigating the emotions and some of the shame and, and all of those things. And then, um, sickness and business things that, you know, I was looking forward to that didn't get to happen because of the pandemic. And just, I felt like it was just stacked um, to be honest, the last 18 months, um, heartbreak and breakups and all the things. And, um, yeah, I just one thing after another, but we're here. We're grateful. Yeah, we're here. We persevere, Yeah, but all those things, you know, need to get get dealt with. And I, that kind of brings me to my next question in terms of how at a younger age, did you learn to deal with your pain and emotions and has that evolved over the years to help you to heal from some of those losses and events that you described? Yeah, for sure. I think how I kind of navigated through that was, I mean, faith has always been a big part of my life. My parents really instilled that in me and I'm so grateful for that. Um, And also just like doing the right thing, you know, keeping your front porch clean is a saying that I've heard over and over, or just like staying blameless, turn the other cheek. So for me, I feel like a part of that healing honestly started with just 
doing the right thing. Because as you, if you retaliate or react in a way that is not healthy, or if you hang on to and, and hold a grudge or you don't forgive, it's doing more damage to yourself than anybody else. So I feel like over the years, I've learned to kind of like, look at it as, you know, hurting people hurt people. And it's not a direct reflection of who I am, but of who they are. And so that's helped a lot. But also, um, you know, going to scripture, going to sisters in Christ, being emerged in community, there was some times where I felt like I um, in the social media world and being, you know, my age, it's hard to look at everything around you. And it looks like the grass is greener on the other side. So I've always also kind of learned, like, I can't just keep things down. I need to be vulnerable and open about the things that I've been through, not just with, you you know, maybe my social media following, but my therapist or my parents, because for a while I was really good at just pretending everything was okay, you know? Um, So I feel like over the years, it's been definitely rooted in Christ and going to him more than anything and, and staying disciplined like staying disciplined in the things that I know fill my cup and bring me joy and being mindful of my environment because your environment always wins. So those are some things that have kind of helped me overcome some of those challenges. Mm, there's a couple of things I want to follow up in what you just shared. <laughs> I'll start with the last. You said your environment always wins. Can mm-hmm. you expand more on that? I always say, show me your friends. I'll show you your future. You know, like you have to be mindful of who you're hanging out with what you're doing. You know, when I was growing up, I remember my mom saying garbage in, garbage out. Like I'm mindful of the shows that I watch. I'm mindful of the music I listen to, the people that I surround myself with and spend time with. Recently, I'm kind of going through a little bit of a social media detox. So I actually deleted my Instagram, like my account's still active, but I deleted my app for three weeks because I found myself, that was an environmental thing where I was scrolling and it was toxic for me at that time. And I was like, all right, I got to cut those functioning saviors and I have to get back to being focused on what's in my environment, what's going through my ears, what I'm seeing. Yeah, you just, I, and I've seen it, especially people my age or people, you know, if I, I, I have these incredible people in my life and then I see some of their friend groups and I'm like, this just doesn't add up. Like what, you know, I'm like be around great people that are talking vision and dreams and, you know, faith and those things instead of people who are gossiping and are just draining, complaining and negative all the time. I used to be that person. And so you are who you hang out with, like, period. So I have just learned to be very, very mindful and meticulous about who I let in my circle. And not that I don't step into the mess sometimes too, but it's like, I, I know that for me to be my best self, that's super important. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I'm glad that you shared that. Yeah. Another thing that you mentioned is that you actually took the courageous step to go to counseling. And I wanted yeah. to know, was there some resistance at first and seeing a counselor and how has that helped you? For sure. Um, I never went to counseling or anything like that growing up. It's funny. My mom was a social worker in different seasons of our lives um, and always a helper and always had people coming in our home and, and kind of counseling them if you wish but I I think there's definitely a stigma around therapy counseling it was actually my little sister that first started going and kind of talked about it a little bit and I never really heard any friends say that they were going like no one's really that open about it I you know and so I did know that I wanted a um you know a Christian based therapist and I wanted that to be a huge part of my healing and so when I went the first couple times, it was so surreal and so great. And it's just, 
it's life-changing. It's literally life-changing because they're a professional, you know, like even with my ex-husband, I remember laying in bed one night and as he's navigating through his own healing, I said, you know, I will always be there for you as a wife and I will listen and I will serve and I will, you know, do all the things that I can, but I'm not a professional. You know, I can't, I don't know. So I think there's power in one that being a professional and knowing that they're created to do that. And I think God gives them gifts, obviously, to do those things. Um, but then just being open to trying it. And if it does, you know, I've, I've been to one therapist actually prior and I didn't love it. So be open to trying other ones, too. If you don't feel kind of like a church, you know, like if you don't feel at home there, um, not saying that it's not for you, but maybe just not during that season. And you need to be open to trying other ones as well. That's spot on. And I appreciate what you said to your husband, essentially in so many words that I can't be your therapist. I think that sometimes we, you know, might love someone and we want to help them, but there's Mm -hmm. certain things that we cannot do. And so understanding our limitations and saying it's okay to seek out help. Mm -hmm. Now you shared earlier that you did go through a divorce and obviously divorce is such a painful process. Yeah. What lessons did you learn from that experience and how did you navigate going through that painful experience? Oh, lessons. I'm still learning. (laughs) That's for sure. But um, I feel like I'll always learn them. I think it's a grief that never ends. You know, I've heard that in a sermon once and I'm like, oh my gosh, here's what I've learned. Choosing your spouse is probably the most important thing you can do. Because marriage is created as a trinity. It's a trinity. It's between you and that person and God. And when God says to be equally yoked, I think I took that very lightly before. And I think God means so much more when he uses those words. I think that a huge lesson I've learned is that I can't save anybody. Like I I can't, I'm not responsible for, like we talked, just talked about, um, you can't change a person. That has to be a choice that they make themselves. For me, this time around, I want to focus on being that Proverbs 31 woman. I want to focus on being the best I possibly can be instead of focusing on how do I find the perfect person? How do I cultivate myself to be a better partner? And just how I navigated through the hard. Um, again, just like leaning on Christ. I got really serious about, more serious about my faith in my relationship with Christ. Actually, this has grown my relationship with Christ more than anything. So that's super cool. But just leaning into that and and just trying not to I mean we're not perfect, but not being that lukewarm Christian, you know, like, honestly, I, I want to be better because of it. And I know, again, because I'm being meticulous about my environment, it's going to help me leaning into therapy, leaning into friends, and being just really open and real about my ugly too. You know, I have, I have to own my ugly and be open about that. And, and ask for help, you know? That's key. I haven't heard it said like that, but owning your ugly is key. And I think we have a hard time doing that, but that's a a critical part of the healing process. For sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you, because of the fact that you are a woman of God, I'm sure you plugged into a faith community Mm -hmm. and there's some things that we might have learned along the way in our walk around divorce. And there's a heaviness, there's sometimes even guilt and shame that we can feel around that topic. What was your role for navigating that? Man, prayer, um, prayer from friends and family. And I also uh, leaning into wise counsel when I, you know, I prayed about this for a long time, a year, two years about clarity. If this was the right thing to do, because no one in my family had been divorced. I was raised Catholic. It was just like, 
you don't do it. You know, you find, I watched my parents fight hard for their marriage and I re I loved that and I respected that and they're still together and they, they fought, but I just, it was, how hard do you fight where you are? I feel like I'm six feet under and I'm losing myself. I, you know, I, we meant, I mentioned to you earlier when we chatted before, it was like living my life in black and white and not in color. You're just numb to everything. And it was so much more, you know, there's other things that came into the mix, mix, you know, infidelity things that were, I was able to then leave. But like, I think prayer um, for clarity. And also I wanted to make sure that I turned every single stone. I did every single possible thing I can for the sake of my kids. You know, we went to marriage counseling. Um, I went to therapy a little bit during that time. And I just didn't want to give up easy. I'm, a, I'm kind of a fighter. I'm a little stubborn in that way. <laughs> but I honestly, I got the clarity I needed. And I also prayed, God, if this is not the right thing to do, I want to feel conviction or regret or something like soon after, like, I want to be able to know that this is and a year, you know, and however many months has gone by and I, I don't have conviction. I know it was the right thing to do, which is a little, can be a little mind playing, you know? Um, but I know that it was right. And, and I know in my soul that he still loves me and that, um, that you, you know, honestly, we probably got married for the wrong reasons. And we also had a, a baby out of wedlock and, and that was one of the reasons to get married. So it, it also stemmed from sinning some of those things that were just not fruitful and cultivating, um, you know, the marriage that God intended for my life and for his life as well. Yeah, it seems like you've done some deep reflective work around this to process it. And yeah, I'm glad that you're sure. at a place of peace yeah. around your decision. And that allows yeah. you to have power in the work that you're doing right now through ministry, which is what I want to talk about next. Let's talk about the, the start of your ministry. What inspired you to start Worthy, Love and Heard? So it was actually, it's almost like I almost had this dream and this vision as like a teenage girl. I just didn't know specifically that, but I just had this passion for women specifically um, who just didn't feel worthy, who didn't feel loved and who didn't feel heard because so much of my life, I didn't feel that way. Like if I, I just am super empathetic. That's my thing where I always say, God gives you this thing where you just want to throw your hands out on the table and you want to stand up for whatever that is. That is it for me. And so I remember at a young age, um, I stood up in front of my grandparents' church randomly it was kind of a crazy experience at like 14 years old and I I told my grandma I was like I, I think God's given me a voice like I am meant to do something through ministry or missions or something I used to say I want to be a missionary fast forward years later um I had started with a couple girlfriends an in-person bible study and it went really well God totally moved through that and then a couple years passed I grew um, as a person as an individual through personal growth and through spiritual growth and I just kept hearing like for a year, like getting these little signs of like a women's ministry or getting women together. And it's then the pandemic hit. And I was like, man, we really, I really need to do something like for people that are feeling alone and isolated. And those feelings of not feeling worthy, loved and heard are, have just grown even more in a lot of us. And so I was praying on it and I was like, okay, God, I honestly, at the time I didn't feel worthy. I carried shame. I was like, man, I'm going through, you know, I'm thinking of divorce, these thoughts, you know, all these things you carry the shame. I, I did X, Y, and Z back in the day. How can I lead a women's ministry? Um, and I said, God, if you really want me to do this, like, give me a billboard, like not just a sign. I need a billboard at this point. Um, so I got on my knees and I prayed. Um, I did a training for work and I listened to Jesus music and it just, 
I was like, God, give me a, a billboard. I went to my room. I picked up my devotional embraced by Lisa Turkhurst. I opened up the devotional and it literally said it was the, the story was her going to a women's conference. She went to the bio or to the bathroom. She walked in the bathroom and found a notebook. Somebody left there prior. She opened up the front page and it said, start the women's ministry. And I was like, okay, God, all right, I'll do it. I'm, I'm going to do it. And so I partnered with some girls that I looked up to as sisters in Christ. Um, and we launched a zoom. We, you know, our Instagram grew overnight. We had like 70 people, I think on the zoom and I think 16 girls were saved. So it was evident that he was working through that. Um, it was powerful. That's amazing. I love yeah. that. And it's continued to grow since then. I would love for you to break down this title, Worthy, Loved, and Heard. Each of those words are intentional. Each of them means something different. So let's start with worthy. What, why did you choose the word worthy? What does that mean to you? Why is it so important? Yeah, I think for, and, and that's actually specifically the first word, because I believe it's the most important, or not even the most important, but it's felt almost the heaviest. And I think that the two words falling, a lot of times we don't feel loved because we're, we, or, you know, we're, we think we're not loved because we feel not worthy. I think the devil works overtime through shame. I think that he keeps you there and keeps you from understanding grace. And for me, you know, prior to, I don't know, I've, I've, you know, there was years where I did live a sin filled life. And so I carried that that those feelings of not feeling worthy of love. And that's just an area that, man, the enemy really, really worked hard. And I just had no self-belief. I had no self-worth. I had no self-confidence. And so even my standards, when choosing a partner or when choosing just every everyday actions, like if I wanted to, um, what I was doing in my free time, all of those things were stemming from not feeling worthy. So Worthy is just something that I really, really want to help others know what God thinks of them and how he loves them and their true worth and who he says we are. Because then in return, I feel like you you know you're loved. You feel loved. You love yourself, right? And that's that's the most important thing. And so for for yeah, you just you gotta know that you're worthy of the things, the things you've been blessed with. You've been created for a reason. It's probably the most important part of worthy loved and heard. Yes, I love that. And I appreciate you talking about the shame. That's something I spent a lot of time researching and studying simply because I dealt with it for so many years. And yeah. in my book, I, I describe shame as this feeling that we're not good enough and God's grace and mercy is not big enough to cover our imperfections. Yeah. Right. And that's something that for whether it's due to something that happened to you, sometimes other people's sins against you have caused you to feel shame. Like if you were abused uh, in some way, you might be carrying shame for that for many years or some mistake that you made or just the fact that we just have a skewed vision of who we are. Mm -hmm. We don't see ourselves as a beloved of Christ. We see yeah. ourselves as dirty or worthless, right? Yeah. And so dealing with that issue is extremely important. So I love what you're doing in your ministry. And I would love for you to share a little bit more about like what people can do when they're involved in your ministry, how they can get connected. Yeah. Um, so we have our Instagram where they loved and heard. Um, we're actually going to be starting, I'm going to be starting a, I think a local small group, um, hopefully soon. And then I want to do something on zoom just because there's a need for that. I've heard, you know, I shared a little bit of like, I want to get something started in person now that people are meeting in person and, and things like that. Um, and a lot of people are like, Oh, I'll do a zoom too. So 
I need to figure out what the plan is as far as virtual, but you can connect with us on Instagram. It's worthy.love.herd. And you can see kind of what we've, we've done in seasons past. We took a little bit of a break as I was healing as a leader as well. I didn't want to fill from an, try and fill someone else's cup from an empty cup. Um, I needed to take a little time off, but basically our studies are eight weeks long and they're strictly on scripture. We want to help you feel confident reading the Bible and we're learning together. Honestly, like we're, we're learning together. So we just try and hit on topics. I think the next one we're probably going to do is fear. I think a lot of people have experienced fear in the last 18 months. And so we try and take things that apply to our life, but we are sticking to truth and that's the gospel. I love it. That's great. Yeah. Now, I, I have a question for you as it relates to just how you live your life, because I can tell just from this interview and our pre-conversation that you try to live from a place of authenticity and yeah. vulnerability. And even you sharing that you decided to take a step back from doing the ministry while you were healing. I think it's a courageous step that sometimes leaders feel like they can't do. Were you always like that? And why do you feel like it's so important to live from a place of being vulnerable and authentic in your walk? Yeah, 100%. No, I was not always like that. Um, I was actually, I'm naturally an introvert. I like, I think I was an introvert because I just had so little love for myself, if that makes sense. Through getting through baby steps of choosing to be uncomfortable. I think that's how I got to be in a place where I was vulnerable. And it's, it's through personal growth. And through personal growth, you become more certain of who you are as a person and you grow your love for yourself. And then you care less about what others think. You know, so I'm just like, I know everyone has, everyone's human. Everyone has their, their stuff in their life and their own messes. And so, um, I also feel like I try not to be judgmental. And I feel like that helps too. Like knowing, like I can't point my finger at somebody else, um, and their mess. And I, and I try and be relatable in that way. Like, Hey, I have my own, like I'm, I'm not perfect. Um, I'm far from it. And so I also know that God, you know, he doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. Like I know that I've been called and I've known that. And so I know that I have a God behind me standing next to me all the time that keeps me safe and guarded. And I know that I can be authentically myself because he, I think he works powerfully through that. And so I hope that encourages whoever's listening to this, you have to be you. And if you have something in your gut that's stirring that you know that you need to share or do, I'm telling you, obedience will blow you away. Like be obedient to what he has for you because God will work through that. And then you're going to be like, wow. And so I think just from small steps of obedience too, and I see the miraculous things that he does, I'm like, okay, I want to keep being obedient because this is pretty cool what he does and not saying it's not hard. You know, I think honestly, man, being a Christian and trying and and walking through those things and helping others, you know, the enemy is right there too. It's not easy, but you are guarded and you are equipped and you are protected from, you know, with, with Christ. And so you just have to carry that strength and that confidence. I always say there's a difference between arrogance and confidence. And my confidence comes from Christ. I know who I am in him, you know, it's like, okay, let's go. So you just got to be you because someone's going to hear your story and relate with you. And it could be that they're saving grace. It could be the thing that saves them. Yes. Completely agree. And I think your authenticity and your story allows you to to connect with people in a way that others might not be able to. And people mm-hmm. did need to hear your story. They do need to hear your story, Mackenzie, and those who are listening right now, they need to hear your story. So definitely be encouraged by that. Now, I want to ask you one last question, Mackenzie, for someone who might be listening right now who is just really struggling through a difficult time. 
uh, things are dark, they're going through a heavy season, what words of encouragement would you give them to help them to strengthen their faith on this journey? Yeah. Well, one, you are loved. You, man, I, I think we feel so easily we come to this place where we don't feel lovable. We don't feel loved. And if he created the heavens and the earth, if he created, I read in a book once, a caterpillar that has 200 and some muscles, like, did he have to create a caterpillar with 200 and some muscles? 100% not. But he chose to show off his meticulous, you know, creations and still count us as being his most precious. Like that is so powerful to me. And knowing that he formed you in your mother's womb, he has a plan for your life and that things as dark as they feel, as heavy as they can be. You know, I've been through spiritual warfare. My grandparents had to come pray over my house. I put oils over my doors and prayed over each room. It was dark, dark, dark dreams, nightmares, like kids weren't sleeping at night. The enemy was preying on our family. And you just have to know that he has never left your side. He never will. He never has. He loves and adores you as you are, even in your mess. Um, and you will come out of it. You will come out of it and you're going to come out of it. The valleys are there for a reason because they're going to make you so much better, so much stronger. And it's going to be your testimony that's going to save someone else. And so I just hope that encourages you have to lean into your faith, be mindful of your environment, speak affirmations of yourself every single day, you know, say you are loved, whatever it is, those, those, those areas that you just think are the ugly, 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 speak positive truth that just cancels out those lies because they're not true. They're not who you are. You're, you know, who your, your identity is in Christ and he made you fearfully and wonderfully made. And so you just have to um, rest in that and be at peace with that. And then lean into brothers and sisters in Christ to help you get along and be vulnerable and open with them about your ugly. I love that. Thank you so much, Mackenzie, yeah. for blessing us today on the show, for being here, for your story, for your ministry, what you're doing for the kingdom of God. I'm so glad that you said yes to that call. Oh, thank you, Jocelyn. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely. Yes. And I hope everyone who was listening today was blessed by the show. We learned a lot as sometimes we're going to go through some difficult times, but if you can remember you're not alone, you're going to make it. So that is it for this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We want to get this message out to the world. And again, if you're in the need of a Christian counselor, please visit our website at faithonthejourney.org. Again, that is faithonthejourney.org to connect with a counselor, to connect with a Christian healing group, and so many other healing resources to support you on your journey. So that's it for this week, you all. I hope you are blessed and you have a great rest of your week. And until next time, you keep your faith on the journey. I'll see you soon.